Hi, and welcome to PwC's CEO Viewpoints podcast series, where we discuss key themes and Canadian highlights from our 26th annual Global CEO Survey. My name is Alan Butendag, and I'm a partner in the financial services practice, and I'll be your host today. Thanks so much for joining us. This year, our CEO survey focuses on a critical question facing leaders today. How to balance reinvesting in the business to succeed in a changing world with the need to manage short-term pressures and challenges. So let's dive deeper into this topic with our guest speaker today. I'm thrilled to have Kevin Strain, Global CEO of Sun Life, joining us. Welcome, Kevin. It's great to have you here with us. Well, thanks, Alan. Kevin, it's a complex time marked by a succession of crises, volatility, and uncertainty, even as companies face intense pressure to change how they do business. We've experienced challenged periods before, but there's a feeling that some of these crises are happening more frequently. The pace of change is a little bit faster. What's your current outlook on the impact on Sun Life, and how are you planning your strategy to navigate these headwinds? Of course, Sun Life's been in business for over 150 years, and we've seen a lot of things and learned from a lot of things from world wars to Great Depressions to the global financial crisis. And one of the things we've done is tried to build our business to be resilient. And a resilient business for us comes through a number of different factors. The first is obviously the the mix of business. And we've built our mix of business to withstand different stresses and different ways of seeing with things. And that mix of business is one where we've got this incredible foundation in Canada. And our CEO in Canada, Jacques Goulet, would tell you that Canada is a growth business for us and we're seeing growth out of Canada. That stability that we get from Canada is really important. And Canada's is our only business globally that touches all aspects of our business. It's in individual insurance, it's in group insurance, it's in pensions, individual wealth, asset management. We see all of the aspects of what's happening in the world happen to us in Canada. And it's a great place for us to learn, to experience, to take other factors to other parts of our business in a place where we have scale and we, and there's a lot of stability to the economy and to the country and to the geopolitical situation. So starting out with this strong foundation in Canada is really important to how we've built our business and our learnings and how we think about risk and risk management. Over 50% of our income now comes from the United States. We've been in business there for over 130 years. We understand the U.S. very well. And just the sheer size of the economy, the population, the ability to work in the U.S. is really important to us. And we've aligned with trends around health and the importance of health and, and the reach of health. And so we did an acquisition last year, closed last year, our largest ever acquisition outside of Canada in the group benefit space, acquiring a company called DentaQuest. And so that's an example of where we've gone deeper in the health space. And then we've had a very long-term commitment to Asia, over 130 years in Asia. It's close to now 20% of our, of our income. In the countries we work in alone, we have close to three and a half billion people who do need our product and our services. And you have this amazing growing economies where the middle class is growing. And so we've got this tailwind to Asia that's different than what we see in Canada and, and the U.S. And in fact, as a company, we're now half protection and half asset management. And that's also quite unique. So these mix of businesses and following trends and having a mix where Western economies are 
are feeling an impact more than Asia or vice versa, where we can create this balance has been really important. Probably even more important, though, is our people and our culture. If you look at our culture, we have very strong understandings of the fundamentals of our business. Having a culture where people can speak out, where people can feel they can be their authentic self, where we can create a diverse business environment and leverage the the global thinking of a company like this. So the strength of our people, the strength of our culture is really important to that resilience. And then even the core to that is being a purpose-driven culture. And our purpose is helping clients achieve lifetime financial security and live healthier lives. And really focusing on our purpose, it drives some of that resilience. And so having a strong purpose, having an alignment with what people need fundamentally builds a strength in our business. That's fantastic, Kevin. Thanks very much. You alluded to this a little bit. But Sun Life has been active in the deal space with recent acquisitions like a majority stake in Advisors Asset Management and DentaQuest in the U.S., as well as ongoing discussions about further expansion in Asia. How are you thinking about this and what's your strategy for breaching into these adjacent areas? You know, it's interesting. If I stood back, now that we're half asset management and half protection, I don't see asset management as an adjacency anymore. It's a core part of our business. We're about 50% each. But we are seeing adjacency opportunities with health ecosystems. And we're the largest investor in a company, a digital insurance company called Bowtie in Hong Kong. Uh, Bowtie sells health insurance only digitally, but it has built, uh, along with a coffee shop, a clinic where you can go into the clinic and you can do health assessments, visit a Chinese medicine doctor. They have a small pharmacy. So they're extending into this broader health ecosystem. DentaQuest has just under 100 dental practices that they own and operate in the United States. And we're the largest investor in a company here called Dialogue which do, in Canada, which does virtual health and also wellness programs. And so if you look at this, these are to me extensions, but they're logical extensions to our group business in the US and in Canada with Dialogue and with the DentaQuest Advantage Dental Plus systems and to our platform in terms of how we're doing insurance in Asia through Bowtie. So this health ecosystem one, it's an interesting one to me where we can see this road to building a stronger business and becoming more impactful to people in terms of our purpose, right? Helping them live healthier lives by getting better dental care for them, by providing virtual care. One of the things we did during COVID was we offered all of our group clients access to dialogue for free because we saw that there was just this need for a different way to get healthcare during COVID. And in the case of Bowtie, we're finding a way to tap into a market that's acting and differently than our current sort of client base, but where we can learn from and, and develop and grow. That's fascinating, Kevin. And having spent some time with your teams in Asia, I know the Bowtie investment is of keen interest for, for everybody at Sun Life and, and really an example of looking at different kinds of businesses and how they can supplement what you're doing. When it comes to where you're investing your time and resources, how do you balance the need to realize long-term goals of the company with more immediate pressures? I think as a CEO, there's really only a couple of things that are important that you need to get right. Clearly, you want to have a good strategy that addresses the needs of your clients, that aligns with your business strengths, that highlights where you're going. And 
even more important is who's on the executive team, who's leading those businesses. Are they aligned culturally with the company? Are they thinking long-term like we're thinking? Are they putting the client first? And for me, we've got an incredible executive team leading these businesses, which means I don't have to, and I'm not trying to. And there's no way that a CEO could know everything about all of the aspects of a business like Sun Life that is so broad and deep. And so my job is to know what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are, what my team's strengths and weaknesses are, and put the best people in charge of each of these businesses. And so if I use the strategy as kind of the centering point and really good people who are delivering on that strategy, that's the most effective way for me to use my time. Well, thanks, Kevin. That's a great segue into my next question around tapping into the strength of your people. As many Canadian businesses continue to assess their approaches to returning to the office and maintaining strong organizational cultures, a number of CEOs have raised questions about productivity levels in fully remote workplaces. What's your view and experience with this at Sun Life? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I really believe that one of the lasting impacts of COVID is going to be hybrid work. Hybrid work is here to stay. And if you look around, people value that. And it can be very productive. During COVID, we were work from home. And as a company, Sun Life pivoted to work from home extremely well. In fact, some of our most productive years were when we were under COVID working from home. We were able to shift really quickly. Now we're in this process of moving towards hybrid where on days where we're going to be more effective working from home, we'll work from home. And on days we're going to be more effective working in the office, we'll work in the office. That has become more of a journey almost than either one pre-COVID where we're primarily working in the office or COVID where we were fully working from home. But I also believe it's going to have the biggest impact because people are actually going to be able to leverage moments of togetherness when they need to be in the office, when they need to collaborate, when they need to be there for clients, when they need to build culture or training. And then there's going to be days when you're more effective at home and you're going to save the commute. You're going to create some flexibility into your day. And I think when people can actually find that right balance of when they choose to work in the office and when they choose to work from home, our productivity is going to even increase. Well, I think, Kevin, everybody's looking to find the same answers there. Are there other aspects of Sunlight's culture that you're looking to build upon or strengthen? Culturally, I think there's a couple of elements that are really important. We're a purpose-driven company. And when I took over as CEO, one of the first things I did was to look at our strategy and our purpose and, and did our purpose make sense? And everybody kept saying to me, Kevin, don't touch our purpose. We love our purpose. So then I would say, okay, you love our purpose. How often are we achieving it? Show me when we've helped a client achieve lifetime financial security. Show me when we've helped a client live a healthier life. That's a change that we're trying to evolve is that we don't just love our purpose. We are purpose-driven, we're purpose-impactful. We're having impacts. And that measurement of client results, that actually delivering on our purpose is an important pivot for our, for our culture that we're, we're undertaking right now. The second I would say, and interestingly, is building on this concept that we can be our authentic self at work and that we can show people who we are, we can bring diversity to the workplace. We can leverage this incredible diversity that we have. We've been doing that, but that's an area that I want to continue to see grow 
and for us to do more in terms of diversity, equity, inclusion, and thinking about those types of things. And then the other one is as a company, we're looking at how we make decisions, especially now in a hybrid environment and how do we more effectively make decisions, identifying who's the decision maker, who are advisors. As the world changes so quickly now, having that sort of clarity of who the decision maker is and moving quickly, I think is going to be really important to us moving forward. Also, I'd say there's another aspect to that is that I do want my business leaders to understand the technology more. You still need to understand people, risk management and distribution. But as a business leader now, you have to understand technology because it's changing how we do things. And we're trying to get people to think and act more like a digital company, which means, you know, more bias to action, more focus on some of those outcomes, bringing more IT knowledge into the business so that they think differently and and having our IT people think more like business people and bringing those, those two things together. Thanks, Kevin. I think we're seeing that across across a number of enterprises as we continue to bring business and IT together to drive things forward into the future. What are some of the other things you're doing at Sun Life to create that change, whether it's the agility piece you talked about or thinking more broadly across the business? Three years ago, we started a digital enterprise project, which had three elements to it, which were to help us think and act more like a digital company. The first and probably easiest element was modernizing our tech stack. And, you know, five years ago, probably there was zero of our computing capability that was in the cloud. And today it's well over 50%. The second and more important thing was to start to work in a more agile manner. We've been running projects on an agile basis where we set up this concept of two in a box, where there's a business leader and an IT leader And they're working on smaller deliverables that happen more quickly, that happen closer to the client. And that shift to an agile way of working uh, is an important aspect of, of change. And then the third and final one is thinking more about client experience and client journeys. And so one of the things we need to do as part of this client journey is understanding our clients better, making digital friendships with them, thinking about where they're at and where their life's taking them and how can we help them with our purpose. It doesn't mean that we don't want face-to-face and and advice and advisors, and there's a role for that, but there's also a role for the company to build this understanding and then allowing people to leverage this great set of capabilities we have. Thanks, Kevin. You talked about having really good people running the businesses. As a leader of a global company, how do you balance that federated model versus ensuring that Sun Life's culture is spread around the world and the strengths of your culture are bred into all of the local businesses? It's a great question. It's interesting. If you go into any of our businesses around the world, it feels like Sun Life. And I think that there's a couple of things that we do really well. When we're onboarding people, especially senior people, we do a lot of work on do they fit the culture, right? Are they client focused, right? Are they collaborative? Are they team building? Do they think about diversity and do they think diversely? And so we look for some of those cultural elements as we're bringing in senior people. And those elements exist in every country, right? It's not a country specific thing. So we try to do that. And then we bring our senior leaders together in multiple forums so that they can experience the culture together and learn from each other. And so finding those interconnectivity opportunities is really important to driving that uh, that connection to the company. On top of that, 
we try to make sure the executive team, people like me and Manjit, who's our CFO, and Tom Murphy, who's our uh, chief risk officer, and we get out into these countries a lot so that we can learn about the people who are there, but they can also learn about, about us. So I think finding ways to share that culture is also important. So it's almost a, a combination of making sure when we hire people that we think they'll fit the culture and then allowing them to experience the culture in multiple ways. One of the big topics right now on the digital innovation front is generative AI. What are your thoughts on this and what opportunities do you see for it at Sun Life? We could step back and say, is generative AI good or bad? It's going to be transformational and it's going to help companies do things faster and also to do them cheaper. And so I think that ignoring this major change, you do at your peril. I think there's major opportunities with generative AI to allow us to give clients a better and quicker experience. We need to continue to think about that, evolve that, and build that into our business practices. It won't just be about saving costs. It'll be about doing things faster and better. We've started to look at this in multiple different areas. And I think that that's the right way to think about it and to leverage what are different companies doing? What are the consultants saying about it? What are the IT companies doing? What are some of the best practices? How do we learn from this? What are the opportunities? I think just being aware of what generative AI can do and managing it. I do think though that it will be aligned with a person. So we're going to need to align it with a person where you can have that person who's building a relationship, but it should allow that relationship to be formed more quickly and with better data and better understanding of the client behind it. So I think there's a massive opportunity for us to, to leverage this, to do the core of what we do better. You talked a little earlier about how culture gets disseminated across the organization in different jurisdictions. I think innovation is another one of those. How do you think about bringing innovation across your organization? And how does the organization set itself up to drive and foster innovation within its businesses? It's a great question. You want innovation to be happening, not at the CEO level, but to be happening all through the organization. And you want people to be thinking about what they do day to day and how technology may be able to make it better and more efficient. We need to find ways to continue to push that thinking down into the organization and across the organization while bringing through some of this thought leadership where as a global company, we get to meet some of the biggest companies, CEOs, some of the most sophisticated organizations in the world, both in our business, but in other businesses and technology businesses, bring that thinking in and try to spur the innovation, but allow for the actual implementation of it to be close to the client, right? So we should, if you think about generative AI, we're trying to learn more about what's happening with it, what others are doing, how do we think about it, and push that understanding down into the organization where the change can happen closer to the client. Oh, thanks very much, Kevin. AI is clearly top of mind for many executives today. When it comes to the innovation piece and bringing it further down to your organization, how do you feel you create an environment where people are safe to experiment with these things or even safe to fail? Well, part of our agile way of working is trying to sort of say to people, it's okay to fail, right? Which is one of the reasons you want to have smaller decisions being made. The bigger the decision, the more people worry about failure. 
So if we can push it down closer to the client where a failure can be rectified, you know, within 24 hours, that's a better kind of failure than the old days we used to do product. It would take a year to do a product. If you failed on that product, you've lost a year's worth of work and millions of dollars. If we can make tweaks to a product, if we can add new features to a product that are much closer to the client that take two to three days to make. And if it's not quite right, you you fix it and you tweak it. That real agile way of working is, I think, the most important thing so that when you're failing, it's almost just part of what you expected in the normal process. It's not even seen as failure, right? It's seen as we tried this and it didn't work. Let's try this. Thanks very much, Kevin, for an inspiring discussion and sharing your insights with us. And I'd like to thank our listeners for joining us today. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.